You're listening to Love and War with David Harwood. This is a weekly podcast where David offers spiritual insights that are aimed to enhance your relationship with God, yourself, and others. If you are edified by what you hear, please recommend this podcast to people you love. Now, here's David. We're in a war. Guard your hope. Please revisit your recent resolution to exercise hope in God. Unless you've worked at it, it is probably weaker than when you decided. For your hope to grow, you must guard and nourish any hope you have. Any effort you put into this is similar to a battle in the middle of a larger conflict. We are at war, called to be fully equipped, and in the list of armor is the helmet, the hope of salvation. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 The devil, who has no hope, hates our hope. Part of his strategy against the Creator is to quench our expectation of experiencing God's intervening love. He has been industriously pursuing that purpose. Due to his influence, every human culture is soaked through and through with insecurity. Humanity does not trust God. Disbelief is in our collective spiritual DNA. Nobody is left untouched. Every social structure is affected. We do abide in Jesus. We are participants in the kingdom. We shine in the darkness, yet there is a darkness in which we shine. We also live within the hate-filled sphere of a satanic atmosphere which actively wars against biblical hope. This environment reflects the emotional state of a malignant spiritual ruler, the authority of the air. Ephesians 2.2. Together, with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, the cosmos is saturated with hate, anger, fear, and despair. This fallen prince works through subservient, malevolent spirit beings that share his nature and goals. They war against hope, and their war is most clearly manifest in the disparaging of our highest hope, the expectation of Jesus' return. Make no mistake. This is a spiritual phenomenon. It is in accord with the prophetic extrapolation of Peter. He prophesied regarding the mockery accorded this blessed hope by the sophisticates of his day. 2 Peter 3, 3 and 4. Know this first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. These verses describe the ridicule directed at our greatest hope. Every lesser hope in any of God's promises follows a similar pattern. Theocentric anticipation is the object of hell's strategic scorn. We need to guard our hope expectations. Sennacherib's scorn. Let's examine a biblical illustration of the adversary's scorn. It's the sacred history of Hezekiah's response to Sennacherib, king of Assyria. The army of Assyria 
had come to conquer. They thought they were unbeatable. Their pride reached to the heavens. Judah's devastation was imminent. It was a battle to maintain any hope. However, this was not the first time things looked impossibly grim for God's people. Years before Sennacherib came on the scene, Judah faced certain destruction. They were surrounded by an overwhelming force. Jehoshaphat and the nations sought God. They rehearsed his purposes and promises. They hoped against hope for deliverance. The Lord sent a word, and the nation believed the prophecy. They acted upon it, and hope expected the prophecy's fulfillment. God acted. It was an awe-inspiring demonstration of God's intervening love. Now, Judah once again faced annihilation. Sennacherib led an overwhelming military force and was determined to destroy Jerusalem. Prior to this, Hezekiah had been intimidated by Assyria and paid tribute. They became a vassal state. Looking for the alleviation of this situation, Hezekiah did not hope in the God of the Exodus. Instead, he looked to Egypt for help against Assyria. This was seen as a betrayal of Judah's relationship to Assyria. The Assyrians invaded to punish their vassal. They demanded an unconditional surrender, which included the end of Judah's national existence. Judah was demoralized. Their situation looked hopeless. Seeking to avoid the expenditure of any effort, Sennacherib sent an emissary to dishearten Judah. This spokesman sought to sow cynicism and fear in the souls of God's people. The Assyrians officially mocked God. 2 Kings 18, 32b and 35. Do not listen to Hezekiah when he misleads you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their land from my hand, that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand? Yet there was a holy remnant in Jerusalem. Yes, they were besieged. Yes, it looked hopeless, but they still believed in the God of their fathers. Yahweh was the God of the Exodus, the God of Jehoshaphat. Although Hezekiah was not perfect, he was a godly king. The situation forced him to seriously seek God for help. Assisting him ascertain the will of God was Isaiah. He was an amazing prophet whose oracles have given hope to many. Isaiah prophesied, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. 2 Kings 19.6b Hezekiah prayed, Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and listen to the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Now, O Lord our God, I pray, deliver us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, O Lord, are God. 2 Kings 19, verse 16 and 19. Isaiah prophesied, and God acted. 2 Kings 19, 32a and 34 through 36. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Then it happened that night 
that the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when men arose early in the morning, behold, all of them were dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and returned home and lived at Nineveh. God's people refused to give up all hope. They withstood the scorn because their God was the God who answered prayer. Their God was the delivering God. Their God was the Lord of heaven's armies. Hezekiah prayed. Isaiah prophesied. God delivered. We cannot cave in to the culture's cynical mockery. Sometimes our circumstances can appear to be overwhelming. However, we have the hope of heaven, the expectation of the Lord Jesus' return, the anticipation of our subsequent glorification at the resurrection of the dead, and the sure hope of participation in the age to come. We are never without hope, and may God be gracious to us and deliver us from the evil one, we can exercise the same type of expectation in the middle of every trial. Let the cosmos mock. We have Jesus. Jesus spoke a parable concerning the kingdom's relationship to the word of God. He warned of seed being sown on hard soil that would get stolen by the enemy. When we are aware of God offering us a hopeful word, we must not harden our hearts. Here's a solemn warning. Hebrews 3, 14 and 15, Tree of Life Version. For we have become partners of Messiah if we hold our original conviction firm until the end, as it is said. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. It is up to us to hear him, receive hope, and guard the hope we've received. We can do this. We can overcome for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of the Messiah. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. Satan's insinuations about God's faithfulness are not lost in primeval history. They echo through the ages. The serpent may have softly spoken, did God indeed say? But his whispers have grown and become doubt's deafening shout pervading the ages. Well, we have a shout too. Ours is the shout of praise that is motivated by the spirit-energized word of the Lord. Faith and hope open the door for the God who we love's will to be done. As at the stronghold of Jericho, hope's shout shatters demonic defenses. Holy anticipation overcomes the gates of Hades. Are your hopes mocked? Are you overwhelmed by circumstances and feel like surrendering? Like Hezekiah, bring your petition to the Lord and expect an answer. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch and wait expectantly for an answer. Psalm 5, 3. Maintain your confidence. Let's praise him together. God is faithful. Love and War is written and presented by David Harwood. 
theme song is Skirmish from the album Spontaneous Combustion by Leonard Jones. David has written several books, including God's True Love and his latest, Hope Again, Strengthening the Anchor of Your Soul, which contains a collection of daily devotionals. You can find links to these and others by visiting loveofgodproject.org and clicking on the book section. If you'd like to reach out to David, you can go to our Facebook page, Love and War DH, or send an email to loveofgodproject at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and please remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends.